and welcome to John Park's workshop. Look, it's me, John Park, and uh, here we are, ready to build some stuff. Are you ready to build some stuff? I'm looking forward to building things today. Uh, I want to thank everyone for coming out to the Adabox unboxing last night. That was a lot of fun, and uh, I'm excited that people have their Adaboxes, or should be getting them soon. Those are all uh, out and shipping all uh, corners of the world. So uh, let's see, what else have we got? Before we get started here, uh, if you're joining us via uh, Facebook or Periscope or Twitch and you're wondering, hey, where's all the chat going on? Most of that is over in Discord. So there's a Adafruit Discord at adafru.it slash Discord. You can get an invite immediately just by going to that link and uh, join in on the conversation. We tend to have um, conversation for the shows in the live broadcast channel. And then there are lots of other channels, depending on what types of things you want to discuss. If you're looking for uh, help, if you're doing some show and tell, we have a whole bunch of different channels to cater to different needs. So come on by. Uh, I'm also trying to keep an eye over on the uh, YouTube. So we usually have some chat over in YouTube as well. So head on over to one of those places for chatting or just watch. You can just watch right here. Uh, let's see. I do want to mention our jobs board. We have a jobs board. It is right here at jobs.adafruit.com. It's free to post a position if you're looking to hire someone. It's free to post your info if you're looking to uh, pick up work. Uh, one of the newer ones on here is a Hackaday U instructor. So Hackaday is doing uh, courses, online courses. And uh, if you want to go and uh, register to perhaps teach a course, this is a place to find out lots of info about it at the uh, jobs.adafruit.com in the Hackaday U instructor post. Uh, so go check that out. Um, let's see. Also, what, uh, what can I mention? Oh, yeah, so I mentioned the Adabox. And just in case you didn't know, we will have some Adaboxes in the store at some point. Um, those are a subscription service. We send out about 4,000 of them, something like that. I think there may be 4,000, 4,500 uh, of those boxes made. So if you want to get uh, the Adabox 15, keep your eyes peeled for uh, the store and our blog and social media. We'll post about that. I'll mention it here on the show when it's in stock. Um, very cool Adafruit Clue-based Adabox. And uh, then if you're interested in the future, and who isn't, then go check out uh, the subscriptions for the next one, for Adabox 16. We're aiming for some time in uh, the fall, October-ish time frame, I believe. Uh, and we're already working on that one. So go to Adabox. Uh, I think you got Adabox.com or Adafruit.com slash Adabox. So just type in Adabox into any search engine. You'll probably land in the right place. And you can go and subscribe. Uh, let's see. What's next? I have a product of the week. Uh, pick. I like to do these to give you an idea of something that I think is fun and interesting and exciting in the store. Uh, and it is this. It's the Serpente Revision 2 plug model. There it is right there. That's the Serpente. What is it? Uh, let, me go to the, let me go to the page here and show you Serpente. It's a circuit Python uh, prototyping board. This version has a USB-C plug in it, so you can plug it right into a machine and use it for uh, coding it, as well as if you want to do like USB HID projects, key loggers or pranks, those kinds of things. Uh, if you want it to do uh, receive like button presses from switches and send info, this is a really cool one because no cable required. It plugs right in. Um, if I I just uh, got this and I just was playing around with it yesterday. I think one way you could describe it is it is similar in a lot of ways to a Trinket M0, except it has a ton of flash. It has four megabytes of flash on it. Um, and it uh, breaks out a few more pins uh, than the uh, Trinket does. So it has some different capabilities. It's also got these castellated uh, pads on it. Maybe you can see it down here. I'll point my camera down shooter at it. You can see it's got these little castellated pads, which means that you can um, solder it to a um, protoboard. And if your protoboard has uh, some little pins poking up, you can just 
touch them like that and solder them right to it. Or you can even, I think, just bridge that down into a hole. So it's an interesting one for uh, adding another circuit, a little bit of circuit to. Uh, so I'm excited about it. Have you used this? Uh, I, I have not really touched it yet. Uh, just, just yesterday I poked around with it a little bit and it looked really cool. So you can go um, to the circuit Python org and download um, the necessary CircuitPython version for that as well as libraries and get started uh, really quickly and easily. And there's some good uh, examples over on the Serpente. Actually, let me go there. If you, if you look at this page, uh, there's a, let's see, this is Arturo182, who uh, is the creator of this. It has a lot of uh, similarities to the DigiSpark um, boards, if you remember those, little tiny little cool board that can plug right in. Uh, let's see, documentation, here it is. So there's the sort of family of the Serpente boards. There's a socketed one, a plug one, and then there's also this really cool USB-A uh, version that just plugs right in without a plug. It's just uh, pads available. And there's an intro, guided tour, pinouts. I'll tell you all about the capabilities. I think this also has like six analog pins on it, which is pretty cool. Um, so if you're doing a lot of stuff with, let's say, reading potentiometers or faders, this could be a, a really cool board. In fact, a, a fader board with this would be pretty neat, tiny. Uh, let's say in the chat, uh, our friend Todd says, I have a R1 Serpente with the USB-A plug, and it's great for quick CircuitPython Arduino boards to stuff in your computer bag for quick checks of code that has to run in either of those worlds. Ah, very good. Yes, you can code this in Arduino as well. I didn't know that, but of course, this is an Arduino and CircuitPython world. We can do both of those things. Very cool. Uh, so that's my pick of the week, Serpente. Go check it out. Uh, we have a couple versions of this. I think the, this one's in stock right now, and there's also the plug version, which takes a cable. Um, I have one of those, but that one is not currently in stock. Uh, so that one, <clears throat> you need some sort of a USB-C uh, cable or adapter to plug into that one even has a barcode on the back. So what happens if you take a picture of that? I'm guessing it goes to the documentation. Uh, all right, let's see. Um, what else have we got? I think we should jump into the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I should jump into some of this iced coffee. That's what I should do. Also, I'm very excited about my new shirt. My daughter got me this cool gradient Typo, type logo hummingbird shirt. I love hummingbirds. We have a lot of them at some times during the year. And uh, she found this cool shirt for me. It was a Father's Day gift that took a little while to arrive. It just arrived yesterday, I think it was. Um, all right. So, yeah, let's jump into this here, Make Code Minute. You know what I'm going to try to do is um, turn off my air conditioner for a minute just to get that sound out of the air. It also makes me speak way too loud. I know. I'm sorry. All right, check it out. Okay, let's uh, pop some things up here. Oh, let's use this one. That's the one we want. And yeah, the little tiny version of me there in the corner. That's a good one. Okay, let me bring this up. Um, so here we have... Uh, for the Make Code Minute today, I wanted to build a little password keeper that I could run on a piece of hardware like the Pi Badger or the Pi Gamer. Uh, and so, in fact, let's, let's take a look at a little demo. Um, I've got this battery powered, so I don't even need it plugged in. I'm going to go to this down shooter. All right, so here you can see I've got a little password keeper, and obviously this is not super secure. Anyone who finds this has your password, so be warned. Um, but the way it works is we can scroll using little buttons here through a list of um, logins. And if I press the right key, I can see the login name. And if I press the right key a second time, I can see the password. So you might recognize this from War Games. Um, I don't know why I threw the name Ferris in there, but that's the school password uh, in War Games. And then if we scroll down, we can jump to other um, of these logins. And you'll also notice when we go up and down, it kind of clears the last one. Now, the other benefit of having this uh, built onto a board like this is when I press 
the A button, it'll actually type that password over USB into whatever field you have set up. Um, so let's take a look at how this is possible. First of all, I'm using the very cool uh, status bars extension. So the status bars extension, I've shown this before, it's actually used for things like hit point counters over a character's head in an RPG game. But I found it's a really nice way to do uh, these type of nice clear labels. Oh no, it's not wanting to run it right now. Uh, we'll see if I can restart it. I might need to be in beta. So <clears throat> the way that the um, status bars work, they can display a little bit of text as well as a small icon or not, depending on the settings that you give them. So I used these as sort of a makeshift label. Oh yeah, it's breaking now. Okay, I can't show how that works. Uh, I've done it now. Let's see if we can back out of trouble. Um, let me see. I just, we'll see if this loads. Uh, it's at least, yeah, okay. It doesn't want to load. You know what I'll do? Let me uh, check because I was just talking with one of the developers over on the arcade forum. So let's pop into uh, forum.makecode.com, <clears throat> go to arcade. And I asked about status bars. What's happening with them? Uh, ooh, he says it might have fixed itself. All right, let's see. This is this is as real time and live as it gets with demos. Let's uh, let's see. Here's this one that he had fixed. Although it sounds like from that note, it might have changed again. Uh, okay, that isn't broken. That's good. Here I'll show. I'll demo it here. So up and down arrows go between the items in our list and right will go through the login, the username, and the password. Oh yeah, that's another one from War Games, Joshua. That's uh, Stephen Falcon's password for Whopper. Uh, and we'll see if it'll let us edit code. Crossing fingers. Uh, I'm actually okay if it doesn't, oh yeah, this, see, this is working great, okay. Uh, so let's look at the way we have this set up. First of all, I've got a series of definitions that include these arrays of number uh, items on y-axis where we're going to where we're going to position things. I have the usernames, the passwords, and another array like that for uh, these login names. So if you look at those, the three of those together give us the first item being school login, username Ferris, and the password is pencil. And so this allows us to go through an index of 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 as we use the uh, down arrow. We're going to jump between those indices, and then when we ask for it to actually uh, print one of those items, it will go through and grab the value from those arrays. Now you can see here uh, when the down arrow is pressed. We're clearing the column, which is which of those uh, three items we're in, and then going down one item. Uh, and then we have an item pick value. I'm actually showing that in my console for testing purposes. And then we set the picker's position, which is that little uh, triangle, to be the right uh, spot in Y. When we press the A or B button, we get the uh, USB keyboard printing an item from the user list, uh, if it's the B button, and it gets the value from whichever uh, item number we're on. So that's what types we use B to type in the username. And then if we go look for the other button, that one is the one that will print from the password list. So we have multiple lists that are all aligned with each other, and then we can use two buttons to pick which of those to type into uh, the keyboard. So again, I'll say this is not a super secure password. Anyone who finds this, they can look at your code, they can use the thing. So uh, it's a little bit more of a demonstration and for fun. I wouldn't use it for anything that needs to be highly, highly secret. Uh, but I think it's a fun way to use the status bars as a sort of label mechanism. Uh, and so that is how you can build a little password keeper inside of MakeCode Arcade and then run it on a piece of hardware like the Pygamer or Pi badge. And that is your Make Code Minute.
Okay, sorry, I'm turning on that AC again. Boy, is it hot here today. I know uh, our friend in the chat, um, C. Grover, said it was like 106 or 109 degrees where he is. Uh, I don't think we have it that bad here in Southern California, but not good. Uh, all right, let's see. What else have we got? By the way, I hope that you, uh, you can see how uh, helpful it is to use the forum.makecode.com. I was able to get an answer within minutes because I had built this project on Monday and then didn't test it again until earlier when I was setting up. And I went, oh no, the, something's broken here. Or I've done something wrong. Uh, I'm abusing the, the extension. Uh, Joey from the MakeCode team was able to get it working uh, quickly and now we'll look into it a little deeper. So uh, really great resources, forum.makecode.com. So go check it out if you ever have questions. Uh, also, speaking of forum.makecode.com, that is where I have gone to find our Make Code Arcade Game Pick of the Week. Uh, so let's bring this into focus here. And my Make Code Arcade Game Pick of the Week is Mini Galaga. Uh, so this is by Daniel, and Daniel, uh, this is the first time Daniel's posted to the, the forum, uh, Arcade Forum. So thank you for posting this, and I am a huge Galaga fan, so I thought this was really, uh, really cool. Great first game. You can see he's uh, done a nice job of matching some graphics here. Uh, now it's simple. Uh, we don't have the danger of um, the enemy bug crafts swarming and flying at us, but uh, I don't care. I'm still having fun playing it, and I think it's a, uh, uh, a really good... Uh, example of a way that you can get inspired to learn about building um, games inside of Make Code Arcade and uh, using uh, inspiration from an existing game as a way to get started. Um, it's also fun because if you've ever been frustrated by uh, the inability to shoot lots and lots and lots and lots of bullets all at once in Galaga, this one allows you to fire off a lot of them, which is uh, exciting. And I feel, uh, oh gosh, this one's going to get harder. And I feel like we can um, take out our frustration of, against real Galaga in this make code Galaga. Uh, also, one of the exciting things is you can go in, hit edit code, see how it's built, take a look at some of these beautiful graphics. The pixel art's really nicely done. Uh, and of course, you can go in and do things like increase your number of lives and noodle around with things, um, increase the speed of, of the craft or the, um, the projectiles. Uh, but I encourage you to go and have a look at how this was built. Uh, and this is my Make Code Arcade Game Pick of the Week. It is called Mini Galaga by Daniel. Thank you so much for submitting that. Very cool. All right. Uh, what else have we got? What else is going on here today? I think um, we'll jump into our build. So... Um, before I head over there, let me, let me explain the idea behind this build. So if you um, are doing a lot of video conference calls, uh, there's a good chance that you have either a laptop with a little camera built into the um, lid, or you're using something like this, one of these uh, little webcams that sits on top of a monitor. Um, and when you are in video calls uh, these days, you're actually using a lot of different um, services to do this. So Zoom is really popular. Some people are using Google Meet or BlueJeans or Whereby or StreamYard or on and on and on. Um, and the situation can arise that you want to very quickly stop your video from streaming. Uh, let's say your dog has suddenly decided to run into the room wearing a clown costume. Okay, maybe not your dog, maybe Lars, sure, fine. Uh, but if you wanna suddenly, quickly uh, hide the video from view, um, it can actually be a bit tricky under stress to go and click a button or remember a keyboard shortcut. Uh, and so what I wanted to do was build a physical button that would allow us to instantly hide our video. And uh, there are, of course, a number of ways that you can go about this. And I've seen some recent projects posted online with some clever use of uh, software that's running in the background that will wait for a button press and then do the right thing, kind of know which application is running and hide the video using a list of shortcuts. Um, what I wanted to do is actually 
maybe approach that at some point as an add-on to this project. But as my primary thing, I actually wanted to just hide the camera lens, use a shutter of some kind to block that view. Because um, that's sort of a foolproof method of hiding uh, a video stream is just put something, block the camera, a shutter of some kind. Um, most of these don't come with a shutter. Some of them do have a physical shutter that you can move. Um, but again, that looks a little panicked if you see someone reach up suddenly and try to do something. So I want a button I can press uh, sort of subtly over to the side maybe that will then uh, hide the view of the camera. So uh, the idea here for this, actually I was talking with my friend Todd, Kurt, our good friend Todd Bot. Uh, let me switch cameras actually uh, to, how about this bench cam and my main cam. Uh, and it was Todd's suggestion that maybe use a little servo to close a lid or a, uh, add a shutter in front of your camera. And so uh, the idea here is that we would have a servo motor with something attached to it. Right now I just have a little piece of gaffer's tape, a little black tape. Uh, and the idea is when, let me zoom in for you. When you hit the panic button, this will simply lower uh, down into place and cover up the lens. Okay. Um, so let's, uh, now what, what we'll do is we'll also have the uh, ability to send a, any number of key uh, shortcuts to the computer, uh, including all of them. So this could cause things to be chaotic, but if you're using mostly, let's say, uh, Zoom and Whereby, that's two that I use, I can put their keyboard shortcuts. They actually don't conflict with each other. So I can just send them all. And it doesn't matter which one I'm using. I'll send those shortcuts that will uh, both mute the audio, uh, which is uh, effectively muting the microphone, uh, and will hide the, the shutter uh, of the camera. And the, the shortcut will turn off the, the camera view or toggle it. Um, and that's actually one of the issues that I have with the USB shortcuts is that they tend to be a toggle. Uh, if you hit, I think, V to turn off video, you also hit V to turn video back on. Uh, so it can be a little tricky to, uh, to know for sure which, which you're hitting, the off V or the on V, they're the same. Um, so the idea with this is that I don't have a button, I'm going to have a big button that will be used to throw the shutter down, but it doesn't also throw it back up. I don't want to accidentally hit it in a panic and have it go open and close. I want it to only close. And then I can have a smaller different button or a switch to um, reverse that. Or the way I'm doing it in my prototype is just using the reset button on my microcontroller. So these are the parts. Uh, I'm using a Trinket M0. No, I'm sorry. I'm using a Itsy Bitsy M0. Itsy Bitsy M0 microcontroller. Uh, and I've coded this in CircuitPython. We'll take a look at the code in a second. It's just some rough prototype code. Uh, this I have plugged into a little tiny breadboard for now just to make it easy to, to test things. Uh, so I have a ground pin and a uh, board digital read pin. I'm using pin A1 uh, as a digital input that's checking the status of this button. And when that gets pressed, it's then going to send a signal to this servo motor. And so the servo is plugged into uh, a PWM or pulse width modulation pin. That's a pin that can send a value uh, to what angle to send that uh, servo, as well as power and ground. So those are my connections. And then I have USB plugged in to the computer to send those USB commands. Um, so let's... Um, I'll show you what this is doing kind of in prototype stage, and then we can maybe kind of uh, fancy this up a little bit. So right now, uh, we'll, we'll set our camera right here, and I'll set my servo right on top. And when I press the big giant arcade button I have here, you'll see, whoop, I'm holding it in a bad spot. Uh, you'll see it slid down into place, uh, and I'll hit reset on the trinket. And what I have is at the beginning of the code, that's when it sends that uh, to like a 10 degree angle. And just based on how I have the horn set on, that's 10 and this is about 170. And that goes into place. Uh, and we might even be able to mess with the speed on that. I, I think depending on the um, settings, we might be able to get it to move even faster. But that's not bad. That, that shutters it pretty quickly. Um, 
so let's look at that just uh, for fun. Let's open up a uh, camera app on here on this laptop and take a look at that. So I'll plug into a USB and kind of arrange my wires here. Uh, one of the handy things I'm using uh, for this is we have some little spade lug connectors for these arcade buttons that just slide on and then they have a little like uh, JST connector on the other end. Um, so that makes it easy to do the wiring there. You can also use alligator clips at first. Um, nice to have something pretty solid in the end. To... Okay, so there we go. I will, um, I usually test these things with uh, photo booth on a Mac just because it's a quick, easy way to get a webcam view. Uh, and there's the ceiling. Okay, good, it's using the right camera. Um, and let's get that right about there, like so. How's that for weird views? Yeah, that's gonna want a tip, that's okay. Uh, and so now let's, uh, again, just for quick and dirty prototyping sake, gaffer's tape works great. So I'm just gonna tape that servo on top of my webcam. Let me reset that. Okay, there we go. So there I am, all of a sudden, there's a disturbance in the room. I'm being attacked by Lars. Uh oh, hit the panic button and off we go. So you can see there, uh, now we're gonna see the back of, the back side of whatever's there. So uh, for this shutter to work well, what we wanna do is make it black. Uh, so I'm just gonna double up uh, on the gaffer's tape. And so I'm just sandwiching uh, the servo there. Let's zoom in a bit. And you could um, get much fancier with this, of course, if you made this sort of uh, tubular shape a bit so that it wraps around and really blocks light well. Um, so what I'll do is I don't want this to interfere with uh, the arm. I don't want to hit anything, but there you can see now we've got pretty good, uh, let's see if that still will get yeah, so that gets out of the way, fine. We're not seeing any evidence of, of our shutter. Uh, but then when I hit my button here, whoop, and gone. Uh, so now if you check, check out what happens if I use um, something like Zoom or Whereby. So I'm gonna go to, uh, I'm gonna open up Whereby. Let's see if that. If that works. Uh, Okay. Cam and Mike are not active, okay. So let's see, is it asking for permission? It might ask for, yeah, okay. Hold on one second, we have to allow, I haven't used that in this browser before. Uh, okay, so we'll join the meeting and reset this. Okay, so now what you should see is um, down here at the bottom, I have the cam uh, and I have the mic. So I can turn those on and off by, by clicking them. Um, and if you watch those, when I hit the button now, not only is it gonna throw my physical shutter, but it's also gonna send keyboard shortcuts to the program. So now you'll see those, uh, went to cam mic to the muted position. Um, and then I'll reset my little itsy bitsy and I'll manually turn cam and mic back on. And of course, this will work without the servo entirely uh, in this mode. So this is sort of your, your simplest version. Let's ignore the servo. Um, this will still work as a, as a panic button just because it turns those on and off for you. Uh, now, the way I have it working right now, it will probably toggle those, right? So I need a little extra code to say, don't do that, because I don't want, 
I don't want to like accidentally be panicking because I'm being attacked by this maniac and I'm and everyone's like, what's a why? No, no. Uh, so um, the servo I don't have uh, toggling, but the um, uh, keys here since they're toggles, these are I think what uh, V for video and M for mic. Uh, Zoom has something a little more elaborate. It's like Control-Shift-A for audio and Control-Shift-V for video. So I have those coded into there too. Um, so what we'll do, let's, let's take a look now at the, uh, the code. So I'm unplugging, uh, I'm going to head over to my workstation now. I'll take this little bundle over there. And um, let's... Oh, someone asked a question about an iris. Yeah, if you wanted to build a nice 3D printed iris, that would be very cool. Uh, let's open up the Discord chat here for a second. Uh, yeah, iris for sh iris uh, would be really cool. Yeah, the old eyesight cameras had a great shot. I think I still have one of those somewhere. I should dig that out and see if it's uh, usable to swipe that ring mechanism. Um, yeah, you could probably use also, if you have an old lens uh, from a SLR camera that's junked for whatever reason, uh, I've, I've opened one before and you can, you can rescue a nice uh, mechanical uh, iris shutter from those. So um, it would be possible to, to turn that with a, with a motor of some kind or a belt. Um, okay, so let's look at the code here. So I'm gonna plug this in. Um, and let's always remember the eternal paradox of code that types in key commands for you is that you will always end up goofing up your code somehow trying to show it and use it uh, as you test. Okay, so let's, let's go, uh, I'll put a little me over there and I will very dangerously move that. Oh, good, that worked. Um, so let's close this. And I'll load up that code. We'll also make it bigger so you can see it better. Okay, so um, here is our code. And I'm gonna uh, go through some of this um, in more detail than others. So we have a bunch of libraries we install at the beginning uh, or import that make it easy to work with things like uh, the different pins on the board, uh, being able to read the button with digital I.O., uh, also write to the LED that's on board so we can see the state. Uh, Pulse.io is used for sending the servo uh, pulse width modulation, which is a little uh, sort of on-off uh, square wave. HID USB that allows us to then go ahead and type using uh, these HID keyboard and consumer control commands. Uh, I have consumer control in there because I'm also muting. Uh, you don't want to hear the computer yelling at you maybe when, when this happens, that's a choice. So. Uh, and then Adafruit Motor allows us to use the servo object very easily. Uh, so here I'm setting up the uh, motor as a servo that's plugged into pin A2 on the board. Uh, and these are fairly standard pulse width modulation um, uh, duty cycle and frequency that are used. And you can, you can mess with those depending on the servo you have. Some work uh, better with different settings. Uh, we have a guide on servos in CircuitPython that'll, that'll help you out. Um, I create the servo object and I set that initially to a 10 degree angle, which was just based on how I plonked my servo horn onto the motor. Um, then uh, you, you can see here I've got a key pin. That's the pin I'm reading for my button. Uh, and it's pin A1. It's set as an input pin uh, with a pull up resistor. Uh, and then I have the uh, LED set uh, to turn on uh, on pin D13, depending on what we're doing. Um, then we're setting up our uh, keyboard uh, and keyboard layout, as well as consumer control. Uh, and we're waiting for button presses. That gets printed, so if we uh, reload this, I'm gonna press control D down here. Uh, let's reopen the serial part. port. Hello, are you there, are you alive? Uh, ah, I wonder if I have a serial conflict. <laughs> Oh, no, there it goes. Okay, so let's reload. Reload the code. There it goes. It says waiting for button presses. 
Uh, now we check uh, in the main loop of the program, uh, we check to see if the button gets pressed. Um, when it does get pressed, all these things happen. So uh, we'll print the pin is grounded. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to press, uh, I'll test it, but I'm going to put my cursor after a comment line here. Uh, because what you'll see is when I press the button, it types some things. So it typed an M and it typed a V, and that's what I was using inside of the um, uh, whereby. But you'll actually notice if we, if we pull up a um, browser, let's bring up Firefox here. I'm going to go to uh, Keyboard Tester. I don't know if this works in Firefox. I think it does. So I'm going to launch the tester. Uh, oh, can we launch it in the window? We can't. Hold on. I'm going to share, share this. I'm going to make a new item here for that. One moment. Oops. It made a pop-up window, which I didn't want. Uh, let's grab... Video capture, no, screen capture, there we go. New screen capture. Hmm. Waiting. Crash all, oh, there we go, okay, it's trying. Welcome to the black hole. Window, configure. You can see why this is a good thing to set up in advance. <laughs> but I like to improvise. Uh, let's see, keyboard tester, there we are. Hey, that didn't pick the one I wanted at all. Try that again. Ah, it refuses to show that one. Oh well, sorry about that. Um, okay, so you can't see this, but the reason I was going to show that is um, when I'm testing out something like command keys, so I have it pressing command shift V or command shift uh, A, I think, right here, those won't really show up uh, as key presses inside of here, so we need to look at something that shows the raw output. Uh, so that's why I wanted to use a keyboard tester. Um, I wonder if I can, let me just try one more thing. Let me see if I can do a keyboard tester that doesn't go into a pop-up. Oh, how about this one, keyboard checker? All right, I'm stubborn, so I'm gonna try this. Uh, see if I can get that to work. Yeah, okay, that should work. So keyboard checker here. Um, so you can see it pressed all those things and it leaves them lit up so we can tell that command shift A, V, M, and command shift uh, V, those all got pressed. Um, since I'm sending them all at once, this doesn't differentiate when. I don't have, I'm not waiting, I don't have timing between them, which is fine, it works. Um, but that's a good way to use uh, just an online checker to see what's being pressed on your keyboard. Um, okay, so that uh, is what happens when the key gets pressed. We do keyboard send key code M, key code V, key code GUI, shift, and A, that's under this keyboard press command. Then we release all, that's what lets those off, those three off, uh, and then we do the same with the, the V. Um, so that's what would turn zoom, uh, that would toggle the zoom stuff. Again, the problem is it toggles things. So if your video was off, it's gonna get turned on and vice versa, same with audio, and they can be out of phase with each other. Uh, then here we have the servo being set to the angle of 170 degrees, and then I'm also turning off the LED here. I can't remember. Oh, that just gets yeah turned on when we first press. Um, so that is how we're um, controlling that in code. That's all CircuitPython. So now what I thought I would do is um, kind of clean up this uh, build just a little bit. Uh, we probably won't finish it all today, but I'll show you. Um, to clean this up, I will... Um, do a little button box. So I wanted to show you that part. And then mounting of the servo, like I said, you could get away with Velcro, hot glue, tape, uh, Legos, and 3D printed parts. There's a lot of ways that you can do that, depending on the camera. Those um, Logitech C920s are nice because they have a flat surface on the top, so they're easy to, to mount something to. Um, but let's just take a look at how I would start with the button box on this. So I'm gonna head over to the bench again and uh, get this at least started towards being a usable thing. 
Um, this is kind of a necessity when you're using these big um, arcade buttons because they don't really want to just set there on their own. Uh, and you don't want to, that's where this, this connection is here. Uh, so what I would recommend if you can, if you're doing a lot of stuff with this type of a project, either build it out of cardboard and it's easy to uh, just take this, um, we'll pull this apart actually, we kind of have to. Let me remember how these guys come out. Uh, like that, oh, there you go, nice and easy, this just pops out. Uh, then we have a nut on here, a little plastic nut. Uh, so you want to trace that uh, hole there and cut that out. And there's also a couple little keyed um, posts here that prevent it from rotating. So if you want to be fancy, you can, you can uh, mark those as well. You can either measure that or you can just take a piece of paper um, and cut out your hole. Let's do this with a long marker, how about? Okay, so we'll cut out a little hole like that. Oh, sorry, I was a little zoomed in. I hope you could see any of what I was just doing. Uh, and I'll grab a cutting mat, which turns my autofocus crazy, I know. So I'll try to hide it there. Um, Yeah, that's terrible, but that's okay. Okay, and that should fit pretty well right over that. Uh, now I cut a little, little close so I can try to... My knife here is not very sharp. Uh, so now we can just kind of poke through to find those holes, um, which is quick and dirty. I think one of them has like a little um, point on it. The other one is kind of dull, so we can just flip around and match that one and then poke the other one. If there were more than two, I wouldn't do it that way. Uh, and if you want, you can also um, mark the diameter here so you now have a template that'll show you what kind of box you can put that in. And now what I'll do is, I think I'll use this one. So I just have these little plastic uh, boxes and first of all, the depth, these things are actually deceptively deep. Um, so you have to find something that'll accommodate, let's put this back in for a second, this full depth here. Uh, that's not going to make it, actually. Darn. Okay, so we'll, um, uh, do I want to show a different box or do we want to pretend like that one had fit? Let's, um, I guess we can do it. Uh, that's, no, that's going to stink. Darn it. My bad. I thought that was going to work. But yeah, these things are always deeper than I thought. Uh, let's see. If I can... I guess I'll do a cardboard one. Um, not as fun, but yeah, let's do a cardboard box version of this. Uh, let's dig around. How about we'll use a giant Ada box for this. You'll want to find something a little more appropriately sized. Um, but just to follow through with the, this part of the build. So here's a, here's a giant uh, box for your um, emergency button. So you'll just decide where do you want the thing uh, and then mark out these holes to cut and drill. Okay. Uh, and then we can use a, uh, again, you can use a knife uh, that'll work pretty well. Where did I put that cap? There you go. Um, I do like using a whole uh, Forstner bit if it's not cardboard. This is probably not the best thing to 
cardboard will dull your blades, so it's not the greatest thing to put put my um, bit through, but we'll do it anyway. Uh, and so you just want to si find the center point of that, um, which I should probably be a little, if you're doing this in wood, you want to be pretty careful about this. So I would take a ruler and just connect the dots of your two holes here. Um, ideally, you'd also find center that way, but I'm gonna just wing it, I'm so sorry to say. Uh, let's go like about this. This, this one is a little big. Um, So finding one that's exactly arcade hole size would be good. I've never gone out and got one. Uh, and then these holes, again, you'd drill those if this were wood or plastic, but I'm just gonna use a screwdriver to poke them out. Uh, and now, take your button, pop this out, and voila. And now this is nice, because it's not gonna spin on you. It makes it easier to tighten because uh, it's got those two little keyed pegs there. Uh, and I'll open up this box and screw in the guts. Like this. Uh, and since my hole there is, or my saw is, is pretty big, uh, you, you kind of need to be careful that you don't just screw this right back through the hole. It's just uh, a, a little too too large that bit I'm using, uh, and now we can go ahead and place the button back in like this, and now we can run a USB cable to the microcontroller. Oh yeah, I've definitely I've made too large a hole there using that. That uh, bit, so now it wants to fall through. Let's try to cram some cardboard back in there and tighten that up. Uh, okay, so our USB cable, run that into that. It's a bitsy. And then we got the wiring running back out for our uh, servo motor. Okay, so that is one large uh, emergency button, but uh, now it'll, uh, I'm just gonna power it down since we don't have an external reset button right now. Uh, and now we'll be able to shutter our camera and uh, turn on and off the uh, video and audio inside of the software all at once. Uh, so I hope that at least gets you uh, some ideas going for, for ways to build this kind of a uh, fun and, and hopefully useful project. I know uh, as everyone's on video chats all the time and we're looking to the uh, upcoming school year uh, as well, being pretty much remote, uh, projects like this will be pretty helpful and uh, I found it really easy to build that just in a short amount of time this morning, really, inside of uh, CircuitPython using an Itsy Bitsy M0. Uh, again, thanks to Todd Bot for uh, the idea for the project. Uh, and, uh, oh no, did my audio get out of sync? Oh, that's too bad. No, probably me adding those windows did it. That was a bad idea. All right, well, before I subject you to any more uh, audio desync, uh, I will end it there. So uh, thank you again for joining me for Adafruit Industries. I'm John Park, and this has been John Park's Workshop, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye.